Welcome to the Gosnells Live at Five podcast. I'm Tom, and I'm the founder here at Gosnells. I'm Will, I'm the head brewer here at Gosnells. I'm James, and I make the mead. This is our informal podcast, which we're spinning out from our Instagram live sessions. We do these every Friday live at five. And we'll be talking about honey, fermentation, and of course, what we're here for, the mead. We'll also be joined from time to time by some very special guests to talk about booze more generally. If you haven't already, guys, hit that subscribe button to our podcast, whatever medium you're on. Uh, leave us a review. Follow us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Gosnells Mead. Perfect. Should we get into it? Do it. Let's do it. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. How are we doing? A little bit late this evening. What are we, two minutes late? Uh, so thanks for having us, guys. Uh, we're going to go home. <laughs> well, no, no, we're going to just taste it. How's your week been, Will? Yeah, just uh, don't kick your table. Um, week's been good, uh, considering compared to last week. Uh, this week's been great. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like ticking through things. Nice. So, That's how good. you doing? All right. Yeah, can't complain. Um, yeah, the weather's been alright this week. Oh, it's a bit of weather sharp. So. Yeah, except for today, of course, where it just started bucketing down in the afternoon. But being right. inside, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. Um, welcome to the Life of Fives. Um, yeah, yeah, so right. it again. yeah. I'm Tom, I'm the founder. In case yeah. you haven't seen my, I, I, I'm Will. Uh, I'm the head brewer. Um, our little tasting cellar door, I think we should say. Yeah, cellar door. So cellar we, mix, we, we mix things up this week. So we previously been open on Saturdays. Um, now the weather's closing in a bit. I'm going to change up the format a little bit. So what we're doing is, um, yeah, opening up the door on a Friday so you can come and uh, taste our meats. Yeah. We'll be opening some bottles live and then they'll be out the front ready for you to taste. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to start opening the brewery on a Saturday again for some tours, some pre-booked tours. So that's our idea behind changing the format. But yeah, exciting. It is exciting. Nice to have people back in the brewery. Yeah, good. Uh, so what have you been up to this week? Uh, so this week we finished off uh, the last of the hot, which we were talking about last week that we were yeah. just putting on. So this week those fermentations finished, so we packaged those up ready to go out. Um, so that's nice. Um, we did just have the forklift. Dianus outside yeah, as we were class, just loading up. Classic brewery. Every time at five o'clock. Quarter, five, quarter to five on a Friday, a forklift dines just as you're loading up 3,000 litres of meat. With a pallet on it, so we oh. had to uh, do the pallet off. But uh, oh well, what's, what's Friday without a bit of bit of stress, a bit of fun? Um, what have you been cooking and eating this week? Well, <sighs> actually, you know what? I, just, I should share that. My girlfriend's been cooking all this week. Oh, um, what has she been cooking this week? Uh, so we did some. Um, some kind of weird uh, vegetarian schnitzels with boiled potatoes. I know that doesn't sound fun, but that's that's boiled potatoes on the side. Or? Yeah, boiled potatoes on the side with a bit of kimchi and nice. some. Uh, what was the base of the schnitzel? Uh, that's why I want to avoid it. I I, I don't remember. Some kind of uh, vegetable protein. Yeah, okay. Like a powder yeah. coating on the outside, yeah, yeah. and then you fry them up, and yeah, it was all right. I'm in a pie this week. It's a classic chicken and mushroom pie. Nice. Just the lid. Just the lid. No, no. Well, soup of the lid. Just can't be bothered. Let's have a drink. Yeah, let's have a drink. What are we we talking about today? Uh, Let's start with the 5.5. Yeah, so our classic. So this is the original recipe, well, based on the original recipe, which I developed five, six years ago. And it's obviously going to find many head brewers through our time. The left them off. Yeah, I think me, me and Rob put a lot of effort into, especially when we were moving from the 330ml bottles up to the 750ml bottles. Yeah. Um, different packaging, different format. Um, Thank you. No problem. So we decided to uh, see what we could do with it at that stage. And I think when I explain it to people now, it's kind of like this is, for me, at least the most complete recipe that we do. Yeah, like, this the one that's had the most work. So. Yeah, and it's just one of those ones where like, we're very happy with it. Um, so is everybody else, like, just probably, you know, one of our sort of, you know, is our flagship. Yeah, it is our flagship. Yeah. So, um, yeah, everyone's kind of happy with it. Like, you know, whether we bottle condition or whether we force carbonate is still up for debate. Um, but yeah. other than that, everything else is, is pretty down. So, yeah, so, so no, like, so guys, if you um got any questions or comments, just leave them in the comments box below and we'll try and keep an eye. It's quite far away this week. So yeah, I'm trying to just try and have a look. Just so a lot of people get this this motion. Yeah, always... so just ask, so some of the, 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 the first one to read it wins. Uh their pub is awesome. 
Cool. Yeah, cool. It is. So yeah, we're, we're bringing, we're bringing <laughs> back a, a slightly different format. So yeah, if you haven't signed up to our mailing list, then jump on that because we'll be posting out some info about that probably over the weekend if I get yeah. to. Um, Sit up straight as well. Except for Steve's tiring week. All right. So, so yeah, let's talk about this. This is the Gosnells of London, the original we're tasting, 5.5%. Orange blossom honey using our house yeast. Um, this one's bottle condition. It's just gorgeous, isn't that? Honey is the first thing I know. So this is one thing when I talk to people about this is like, out of all of our products, this one retains the most honey character. And I think yeah. that's that's probably the coolest thing about this recipe is it's nice and simple. The ferments are, you can almost just close your eyes and know exactly what it's going to finish. Um, and the honey character is just incredible. Yeah. And I think, for, I mean, for me, it's just, it's five and a half percent, but it's still quite light. Uh, still quite light. No, so it's got a lot of depth and complexity for five and a half percent. Um, but you don't necessarily need to five and a half. So. Yeah, it's got about the same sweetness as our cans as well. So it's not, not overly sweet. Still, the carbonation helps sort of lighten that up as well. But on the nose, honey, apple, pear. There's a little bit of... Just something else in the background. It's not quite like floral, like flower petals or rose petals or anything like that. It's It's a little bit... A little bit crafty as well. Some people say they get like a yogurty sort of. Yeah, that's kind of the yeast yogurty. Um, yeah. I'd say yogurty. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what I've come from different countries. Mm. I've been here too long. Wow. Anyway, that is a good first opener on a Friday night. Oh, it's super fruity on the palate as well. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Where are we going next? Well, um, oh, so sorry. So obviously, we, we serve this in our 750 ml bottles. We've got a range. The cans are, we'll taste some of these in a second. They're 4%, so a bit more sessionable. Um, the idea behind this is it's, it's a really nice aperitif or kind of opener. Um, I always use it when I'm throwing my sexy dinner box. No, I'm not throwing sexy dinner box. That's what I want to talk about. But it's a nice opener. Oh, look, we can always try. Who was dream, right? Who was dream? Yeah, I really enjoy this. Definitely going to buy this one next. Yes, this is definitely. Yeah, if you're looking for a classic expression of our style, this is where it is. It's and like, it's one of those things we've got it on the store now, um, but we we grow a lot of things at the moment. We just need to make sure we need to make sure twins. Yeah, cool. Should we do? What should we do next? Let's stick on stick on ours. I think so. Cans, do you reckon? Well, yeah, let's go cans. Before we get into the collab, we'll yeah. come back to that a little later on. So um, at the moment, we're. Uh, we're doing a small batch program. Um, still so, crowdfunding. We're three quarters of the way there, yeah, guys. Yeah, so. it. It's like we just need another uh, 500 quid. Yeah. Don't know. 10, 10 people. 10 people get yeah. that. the minimum buy in. Like, yeah. give it a go, guys. And you get four, four, four cans a month for something special we breed. So the idea is that we can give life to some of the projects we're doing in a brewery, which are small batch, right? and just sort of share what we're doing with the rest of the world. Um, so this is, because uh, we used to do quite a few 330ml uh, flavor rolls, yeah. and um, we still uh, we still got those recipes sat there and yeah. those ones a day. I know that we're talking about tweaking uh, the 5.5, that we sort of stopped some of these when we moved into cans. We picked the four that we thought were going to be the, the most appreciated, and some of these other recipes that we used to run quite often are sort of sat to the side, like the elderflower and, and this one here, which is the gooseberry and Assam tea. Yeah. So if you... So talk me through this recipe. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. like, um, just if, you, if you're an amateur mead maker and you're trying to figure out how to improve your mead, one of the first things that, that, that got me is if you just put tea in your mead, your mead is just better. Why is that? Well, so it's a little bit to do with grading and tannin structure. So you get that sort of a bit more of a mouthfeel, a bit longer uh, flavor profile. But then you can use teas for, for other processes as well. So we did like a smoked... Um, so for me, the tannin structure is that kind of... It's a structure, right? So it gives it gives the sweetness something to hold on to. Is that right? Yeah. And it's... It, you get tannins from, from lots of different things. But uh, it's also... It, it's The best way to explain it is that it's that furry sort of... Uh, Fairy is probably not the right word, but people associate with that that fairy feel in your mouth. Like if you're drinking, if you're drinking, uh, you know, big body uh, reds that have been put in barrel for a long time, and you get that sort of oaky, furry sort of characteristic. Or you've left your tea bag a little bit too long in your your cup, and it's been yeah, yeah, yeah. that sweetness. You get that sort of bitter, but not not necessarily bitter. So I remember one of my first cases. This is at the site. One of my first catering jobs, catering serving tea at the Formula One. I was really hungover, and I kept making these 
pitchers of tea without taking the old tea bags out. Yeah, the new tea bags. So at the end of the day, it was just saying, I can't make a fucking cup of tea. I was like, oh, no one told me to take the tea out. Uh, 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 sick learning, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so this is this is one of those recipe movies, Assam tea. Assam tea is a little bit more bulky than than a standard tea, but as I was saying, like using teas throughout, like uh, we did a smoky meat, and instead of doing it with like liquid smoke or with sort of um, you know sort of even like bubbling smoke through it, yeah. we used uh, oolong tea. Yeah, which is a nice one. Someone say tannins are always the answer. They they, I mean, they, they do are. fix a lot, right? <laughs> they do fix like a lot of problems, it, yeah. it it really like especially in wine, like you don't necessarily need a barrel like but you would do tannin addition. Powdered tannins. How that sounds. Yeah. 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 But it, it, it's, it's a part of the yeah, profile, right? right? And it, it's, it's, it's really important. Otherwise, it's just. Until, yeah, I guess the other half of this. So it's, it's gooseberry and Assam tea. So for me, gooseberry is one of those really English flavors. Like it's something that maybe you won't have had a huge amount of. No, I don't think I. Like gooseberry is probably not really popular in Australia. There might be now. But when I was growing up, like. Yeah. They're different to mulberries. Yeah, mulberries are like the, the ready one. Like yeah, they're darker. Yeah, they're like a berry almost. They're a little, little bit more anise. A green gauge, I think, is the other name for gooseberry. Yeah. I can't remember. There's another. There's a different type of gooseberry in America as well. Isn't yeah, there is. So we're talking about these little green things, which yeah. I smash through. Are they Indian gooseberries? I don't know. I mean, they're, they're pretty native, I'd say. Like, Anyway, they're this sort of little green fruit that they have this beautiful tartness of fruit. Yeah, in they, they look really green, and you think they're going to taste quite green, but actually, as they develop, it's this really nice kind of profile. And obviously, the tea is going to have a beautiful kind of golden. Yeah, so you get a little bit there from the gooseberry, you get a little bit of colour from the gooseberry as well, and then you get a little bit of colour from the tea. But putting my nose into it first before I even get into that, I tasted that, and I was like, oh my god, yeah, why don't we make this anymore? Yeah, why don't we make this anymore? Well, I. I think I'll actually do a variation. So I've done a couple of variations with this recipe before where I, I did a, a kettle sour with it um, and then bumped that up, did a kettle sour and then bumped it up to about 9% ABV and then put in, um, uh, what's the one with the, the tea with bergamot in it? Earl Grey? Earl Grey, yeah. So I put in Earl Grey and then uh, and some gooseberry on the top of that and it was just incredible. Um, and I did that for three by numbers for some reason. That's a little tough. Oh, yeah. It's, um, yeah, some case of that. Which yeah, cool. yeah. And um, I think another variation on that recipe, I think think is right. Like that recipe is a little bit, um, you yeah, done to death. Yeah. I think so. If I put that in a small batch program, it would be a bit, a bit weak on my behalf. Yeah, sort of I think it's really some of our old recipes yeah, that yeah, like. That's not. But a variation. The idea of the small batch program. No, but that's exactly the idea of the small batch program. It's driving need as a category forward. And like just blowing your minds with what we can achieve with honey. Yeah, honey and, and, and other additions as well. Hi guys. How are we? You're just joining us. Get involved. Oh, so that's Ian. Hope you're doing well, Ian. Two weeks in a row. Two so we didn't scare you off last week. It's always good. Um yeah, so gives me tea. Uh, that's a banger. Yeah, right. that is a So yeah, I've never gone through the tasty Sorry, yeah. So on the nose is um it's a little bit like Citrus fruit, I guess, is one. It's kind of coming out. Yeah, almost like candied orange peel. I don't even know if that's a thing, but I kind of like candied orange peel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of has that sort of like candy lemon peel, but a lot yeah. sweeter and, and less acidic. And then you get the tea in the background. It smells a little malty, and then it's the honey that just clears everything up at the end, and then it's just long honey. Then when it hits the palate, yeah, it's a flavour explosion. This one's five and a half cents. This is one of our export ones. Yeah, so it's not four percent. I was like, Ooh. Um, the other thing is, it's it's tart, it's creamy, it's full bodied, um, and it's also when was this packaged? February, I'm saying February. And it's also just that everything started to melt together, and there's a nice little bit of caramel undertone in there as well. And I think that's from the gooseberry more than it's honey. Yeah, I mean, we always get a lot of questions about how, like, what's the best before on these, you know, specifically the cans. And they just tend, tend, tend to get better, right? So they yeah, kind of just things come together. As a, because, we, because we pasteurize as well, like, it takes takes a little while after pasteurization. So we sit on them, takes a little bit of time for for them to, to sort of start melting together. And because pasteurization, as much as uh, you don't want to talk about that, is it's quite a shocking process. Yeah, it's, a, you know, it's heating up to... What sixty, seventy degrees? It's yeah. quite a strong 
strong physical process. Yeah, and you're not doing it for long, so you're not getting the Maillard reaction, you're not getting those caramel uh, sort of notes coming through, but it does disrupt the flavor profile. So when, when you're, if you're a homebrew and you're, you're uh, looking at sort of capturing an essence by pasteurization, you kind of want to almost have it too green pasteurized and then it'll be, you know, as green as you want it by the, by the other side of the pasteurization. Um, but yeah, they, these are mellowed out nicely. They're, the, the tea's there, the gooseberry's there. And yeah, here's what we want. I'm, I, I quite enjoy that. That's a good one. And then next we've got the elderflower. Yeah. So this is another one which the reason we got these two out. These are the two that were probably the two other ones that were in consideration yeah, for the cans, I guess. And in hindsight, we should have put something in instead of the sour because the sour's really hard to make. But that's it. Yeah. Well, the gooseberry's probably, probably got almost a similar level of tartness to the sour candy thing. It does. Yeah, it does actually. Um, and you get this, this, yeah, the tannins come through it. You get that. Yeah. It's elderflower, one of my favourite flavours. Reminds me of our childhood. Elderflower cordial. Oh, Can't get that. super green too. So oh, that's God, that sounds. That sounds, that smells amazing. So it smells about first, right? That's, yeah. that's what you get. And that's fashion on the chops with that. And that's it. Like, it is super elderflower. I know that's not a proper descriptor, but it's, it's just, yeah, it's elderflower with honey at the back. That's, yeah. that's, that's it. Beautifully blended. Bit drier than maybe some of the others. Mm. I remember this, like, when we ferment this, it rages. Like, yeast love elderflower. Yeah, like, it just absolutely mental. love it. Um, I've distilled some of this before as well. It comes out, it comes out a little bit more, not fragrancy, you know, but a little bit like perfumey from the old flower when you distill. Yeah. So you kind of got to be careful about keeping the sweetness in there as well, but it's definitely, it's definitely a fun drink to make. Oh, so for me, it's just brings, I mean, I drink loads of elderflower, but I love that squash at home. So elderflower, not elderflower cordial, but it's just one of those, one of those things, just sugar and elderflowers. Oh, it's so good. It's such a good flavor. Yeah, that's great. Wow, yeah, those, those are still tasting. Are we doing guys? How are we doing? Yeah, if you just join, if you've got any questions as we go through, then shout in the box. Uh, we'll try and answer the question. All right. What are we going next? Uh, so the most exciting thing, I think, now. Uh, so the reason we have some some forks, cans on the uh, on the old brand new table, by the way. Uh, yeah. Do you like the table? Yeah, please just... Uh, we we are currently doing a collab with Hawks. So we yeah, just yeah, literally yeah, went yeah. down there today and pulled a couple of bottles straight out. Um, so they should be, when do they say they should be getting out? So the cakes should be ready. Well, I think we're putting the cakes on tap this weekend. Yep, yep. But then they're going out through the Brewdog bars and we've done some, yeah, there's a wave there and some loves. That's it. They do love the table. Mm, and yes. um, <laughs> Hawks... On keg in Brudel Bar suit and in can in Brudel Bar suit. Yeah, which is really exciting. That's what we were talking about last week. That's uh, yeah, putting a sizer in can. Yeah. So um, just to go over what this is as well. So we're doing a collaboration with Hawks. So they're a cidery um, up yeah, in Bermondsey. Up in Bermondsey, not too far from us. Um, amazing, amazing cidery. Uh, so they had some, that's some uh, Davenet. Yeah, and about- which is an apple. Is it a breed? Is it? Yeah, it's a type. Of, uh, is it a type? Is it a cider apple though? Yes, it is. It must be because yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's in every, every side. Every side does it. So I'm guessing it's a cider apple. Beautifully tannic, a little bit funky, um, heaps of depth, depth um, nice and apple So then we decided to blend that with uh, some hopped meat. Yeah. So the idea wasn't necessarily to create a hot sizer. It's just to add just a little bit more depth and a little bit more character, just just hidden in behind there as well. And we blended it once they both fermented, right? So there, this, this isn't a co-fermentation; this is the blending process, which is pretty common inside. Yeah, yeah. and we, we quite we quite like that process as well because like, you keep some of the honey aspects, otherwise yeah. it just gets chewed through that fermentation. And, that, and that's what we found doing a couple of like braggings and stuff before is that you know if you, if you don't really take care of it, you don't really know what you're doing, especially when you're in collaborations and for our side because we're a gluten-free brewery. We do anything with gluten in, it has to be outside of our facility. Yeah. Um, so that is fucking awesome. Sorry. Um, so yeah. So then you know you sort of leave it up to to them to to control the ferment. You can't be there all the time. Yeah, exactly. like our house. So we always find that sometimes you can really lose the honey, and back sweetening doesn't necessarily fix that. 
you know, backsweeping for me sometimes can give a give a two tonal. Yeah, me too. Profile. It's, it's just yeah, sort of a bit more raw honey, which is not wrong, but I do prefer a little bit of that fermented honey character and that that yeah, residual. I, I think it's about the marriage of flavours, right? So yeah. once you when you ferment things together, they just get to know each other, and it's a much more blended product than it would be if you blended at the end, right? That's not so good. That's just amazing. So you oh, talking about tanning structures. Yeah. This is why we're going over it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not by accident. Oh, right. Yeah, there's a James back there, too. Yeah. There's someone uh, shouting, shouting directions to <laughs> us. No, um, the tanning structure's there, and, that, and then you get the honey at the end. So the best thing about it is what, what we want to create when we do collabs, which is what you should be aiming for, is to get characteristics of both brew houses in the product. You know, there's no, you know, I guess sometimes it's difficult to be your industry when it's kind of your... Well, you're exactly the same thing. Yeah, we kind of do it. <laughs> it's not a slag podcast. No, I'm joking. Um, so, <laughs> when you do it quite similar things, and it's about recipe development. And yeah, exactly. And, and you're just dialing your techniques as well. Yeah, so. and you're sharing... But it's a lot more nuanced difference. We're usually working with somebody who isn't in me, so we're kind of looking to be able to get uh, our characteristics in there because we're also you know, bringing me... A lot of the times, especially if we go through Brewdog bars and and through uh, when we did uh, with Hawks and and the collab that we're you know wherever else we're putting through, we're we're holding up the, the meat side of it. So yeah, so we'll, we'll always be bringing the honey and the meat elements to a, to a beer or to a side. Of and you're bringing that then to an audience that necessarily wouldn't uh, you know wouldn't sort of uh, go to meat in the first place. I wouldn't sort of try it. But this is a little bit more approachable in a category that they understand. Yeah, that, that's why really we want to, I want to say why I want to do more of this to reach more people with me. So fermenting honey, an amazing thing, right? And you get so much flavor out of it beyond sweetness and so to marry that with another so basically to, to you say in this case cider is the linchpin and say oh I understand what cider is and then I understand what they've done with it as well mm-hmm. and that, that kind of connection really works but yeah so this is kind of you know um, one of the problems going back to the original point was uh, you know make sure that we capture the honey aspect of what we're doing in our collabs and also bringing something different that people generally don't um don't know about mead as well. And that, that comes from our style of fermentation. We've worked with honey for a long time. You know, we sort of, we understand how it works and, and how not to work with it. So when we do these sort of co-ferments and we blend them, it just allows us to to represent our house flavor and our style of mead as well and, you know, blend in theirs. Yeah. So for this one here, like, you put your nose in, you get three things. What do you, what do you think those three things are, Tom? Uh, so what do I get? Cider. So apples. Mm-hmm. I can smell the tannins, like there's a depth to yeah. that. So it's not, can, can you smell bitterness? But like, because I, I remember this argument in beer as well, when I was sort of like, you smell the bitterness of beer. But I like can definitely get it's like it's more like you know you're smelling you're smelling green apple yeah, flavors, and say. then you're kind of getting also like like the apple skin and like you know that 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 taste. You're getting the smell of when you bite into an apple that's bitter. And yeah. You expect it to be sweet and it's more bitter. You're getting that sort of Apple nose to it. And then right at the end. So for me, it's apple bitterness and, and honey. Yeah, I was going to say that you definitely get the honey coming through. And that's what's really cool about this collab is that um, and I think we've got the honey coming through. And I think that's... It is quite cider forward, but... But I think that's what I was going to say, because I think that's more because we're looking for the honey and we're so used to finding it that the apple and the bitterness jump out first. Yeah, maybe that is. And it's like, first thing, it's like, oh, that's the different part for us, you know, and that's the same as whenever we're doing sensory in in here and it's, you know, we're doing something and I pick it up and I'm like, oh, I can can pick up a little bit of sulfur in that and something that's like, there's nothing. I'm like, oh yeah, that's because I'm looking for it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm I'm waiting to find off flavors. I'm waiting for these things to go wrong and that's what I'm trying to find. But, uh, but yeah. This is this is great. Oh, that's that's it's really cool. It's really so. What I say is, it's a wild I'm just inventing this as I said, but it's it's a complex cider that's still smashable, right? So it's just there's just enough the sweetness of the spot on. Yeah, that's what like, I mean. It's just just the right level of, of sweetness, and it's it's which is by the way like super super low. Um, yeah, it's a dry. So it's a dry. Yeah, so it's on, on, like it's not super. It's not like dry dry, but it is. Yeah, it's dry, like it's in between dry and medium dry, yeah. right? Like it's got a little bit of tannin structure as well. The bitterness still there. There's this little funky note on the nose as well. 
Like, yeah, those sort of, like, West Country cider sort of... Yeah, it's a little bit of that. Um, just a little bit. But then the sweetness of the honey sort of cuts in where that usually would land nice and dry. When we had to dab it out on its own, that's kind of what yeah. it did. You know, those those funky flavours sort of led itself into the, the, the later part of the palate. Yeah, I'm really happy with this. Yeah, it's cool. So, um, yeah, this is the, the second time we're tasting this, right? Well, the third time. Blending, yeah, and blending, then one the blending glass. Yeah. You know, I didn't have, I haven't tasted the post. You already picked up bottles today. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> today is the first time. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, also, the guys are awesome. lovely man. Oh my god, yeah. Well, sorry, in the cidery, they're lovely man. Yeah, Max and Theo, Theo, great, um, great guys. There, guys. Thank you so much for, for looking after our stuff and, and, yeah, yeah. and treating it with respect. Yeah, I love it. I'm really excited to see that can. Man, yeah. Get that out there. Because um, also we pulled growlers off into it. So the carbonation yeah, is so this is, this is from the, the keg, so it's not, it's not quite spot on, but um, it is pretty tasty. But should we do, what should we do next, porridge? Yeah, yeah I suppose yeah. it's in front of us. So I was like, hmm, do I? No, I suppose on that. Yeah, thank you. You can know exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. Uh, Guys, if you've got any questions, uh, we're not super busy this evening, but um, I keep going to open this up backwards with the wrong if you, uh If you do have any questions or want to know more about mead or honey, then send us an email or just ask us in the comments. Always more than happy to chat. Yeah, so we had um, somebody send us an email yesterday about. Uh, on the podcast email. No, on our, just on our normal email, I'm just talking about fermentation. We get quite a lot of people that just uh, just sort of send us messages asking about meat fermentation and, and how to fix things or how to improve. They're just talking about when to when to start back sweeping. When to start back sweeping. When to start back sweeping. So I think next, well, next week we're going to talk about homebrew. I'm not here. I've got a day off. Um, poor parents, but we're, no, I'm joking. Um, we, uh, any excuse to wear a suit. Any excuse to wear a suit. We are going to be talking about homebrew. James, more than James and Willow, we talk about homebrew mead. Uh, there you go, James. You got the shout out. Um, we're going to be talking about mead brewing at home. So yeah, we're going to do a little bit. Yeah. Your question was when to back Sweden. Yeah, when to back Sweden. And it's one of those ones where it's kind of, because I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, as soon as your fermentation's finished, you can back Sweden. You can, but as long as you cut out your oxygen, sometimes it's nicer to sort of melt those, you know, sort of let those flavors age out before back Sweden. What do you think? You've done a lot of mead brewing at home. Well. Um, some of it quite chunky in the early days. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, God, we all do. Oh, right? God, yeah. Um, <laughs> what do I think about back sweetening? I think uh, when I first started, I didn't have a good enough grasp on quite how even a few bits of yeast in there will start re fermenting. Yeah. Yeah. The right? Refermentation. Yeah. Refermentation will happen uh, if you're not careful. So yeast is sulfite. Realistically, at home, like yeah, yeah. you need to sulfite it before you back when, when do you think you should age it out first? Leave it in the carboy, dry, finish, age it. Now, I would age it. I'd back sweeten and age. Back sweeten and age. If I, if it were because the other side of it too is that uh, sulfites also pull out oxygen as well. So yes, cells yeah. oxygen molecules and pull that down. But the other thing is to wrap it off the leaves. Always wrap it off the leaves. Yeah. Or always wrap it off the leaves before you back sweet. Um, otherwise, the leaves because. Yeah. They yeah, just, the leaves are what of yeah. the yeast, right? So yeah, and it, it just absorbs the sulfite straight into the leaves. And yeah, and I think when I, one of my very first experiences brewing was making cider. Um, try, you know, if you're home brewing, you'll taste stuff as you go through. You'd be like, that's what I want it to taste like. So I banged in a load of sulfites. Yeah. And tried to stop it. And that's like trying to stop a freight train. Yeah, you never going to do it. Um, so you do need to let it go dry and then sulfur. You can't. Yeah. Well, the other the other way to to do it is to uh, like get it really really cold, right? So if you want to stop it, you want to stop it with the sulfites. If you make the yeast dormant yeah. by dropping the temperature through the floor, block it out, and then chuck your sulfites in. So wrap it off, crash it, get it super cold. Like you can put it almost to your freezer just to get yeah. it just to get it down to zero or down to one degrees. Really crash it hard and then sulfide it. And because what sulfides they don't necessarily kill the yeast, they just stop it from uh, getting going again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think they inhibit that um, reproduction, right? As yeah. opposed to um, 
But I think that's what it does. It's actually cool. Yeah. Um, the other question I had on the on the Instagram on the DMs was how long to leave stuff to age and demijohn. That's kind of a personal preference, right? Yeah, so it varies batch to batch and strength. One one good thing is you know make sure that it's a glass demijohn as well. If you're going to age anything, yeah. make sure it's glass. Uh, plastic's porous. And uh, just keep pulling in oxygen. And that might be what you want, but oxygen aging in plastic is probably not what you want. Um, but yeah, I think that was, that was always my top tip for novice meat makers is if it tastes not great, age it out for yeah, a while yeah. and it will make a world of difference. So often the stuff I used to make was, it tastes like rocket fuel. <laughs> it was just so high alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of <laughs> leave, fast when it leave it to um, but actually, one of the eureka moments for me was having not sulfited it properly. So I was trying to sterile filter it in my kitchen using yep. a little plate sterile filter, <laughs> um, which is not yeah. not to be recommended. No, and like at home, just doing two hundred liters of sterile filter in my little kitchen <laughs> in the flat, filter. sterile filtering it did <laughs> not end well. But anyway, so I, I got this perfectly bright product, and then I bottled it, and I was like, you know what, that'll be fine. Wasn't fine. Went really fizzy, and I was like. You know what? That's it. Busy need at five percent. That's it. Um, and here we are. And here we are. So um, the borage is uh, sorry. Yeah. So, so the borage is nearly what twelve months old now. A borage, a borage is an interesting flower because it's one of the things that the bees eat during the winter. I was reading. Yeah, week. yeah. Because what's it called? It's called the uh, English starflower. I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. So the other name because I've never heard of borage before. Um, and yeah, it's also known as English starflower. But they eat it during the winter. Apparently. I mean, I do need to double check that because I was oh, on my, on my week, weekly um, bee facts finding mission to learn more about the bees. Um, and it popped up and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'll look at Especially at this time of year, the mostly the flowers that are around is ivy. So that's what I yeah, ivy had. I'm going to plant some, some, um, some winter flowering plants outside in our, in our little garden there with the beehives. And yeah. So yeah. ivy and, and borage, apparently so. Yeah, double check the borage, definitely ivy. Because uh, ivy's that, the late in the season honey, which is really difficult to get out of the hive. Ian, is that right, Ian? To, to his, sorry, Ian's our resident beekeeper. Sorry, yeah. Ian used to work here. He's our, he's our beekeeper. It, it, it always makes me laugh, but he, he just doesn't answer anything. He just, just laughs at just laughs our, us. our lack of knowledge uh, about flowers. But we'll get that. <laughs> we'll get that. Um, this is delicious. This is really cool. Beautiful colour. Really interesting colour. It's so really light. changed. It's one of my, like, I'm, I'm holding myself off from calling James over because I know he's going to love how much this changes. But this is, uh, there's, a little, there's a little bit of banana here. Um, that's, I couldn't put my finger on it. I was just trying to over and over trying to see what it is like. It's not quite stone fruit flesh. It's like plantain banana underneath it. Is that just me? Mm. Nice and floral. It's got a little bit of vanilla, um, winter spice as well, which is kind of cool. Just while like the borries, like even in the honey, you get the vanilla and that. There's something else in the, in the in the back. I can't quite pick it out, but um, hmm, let's see. But yeah, yeah. This is this is actually after after twelve months. Oh, hello, James. How are we, James? Surprise guest, guys. So, uh, so you were stressing the boys. Yeah, just with me and James, about uh, six months ago, we had the, oh, a bit longer. We went up to the tasting room when we had the above cold rooms and we sat down when we finished the 10. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, we had a, we sat down when we finished all the 10 meter months, which uh, the meter months were like either single origin, monoflora, or pre test or small batch. Right? Yeah, so which we're down. crowdfunding for at the moment so you can get involved. And Ian's reply back. Um, uh, what does he say? Yeah, but yes, ivy honey is really hard to extract. That's why they keep it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we, we me and James went up there and we sat. Once we finished the ten meters of the months, we sat down and we tasted how they changed over the three three to six months that they had been sort of aging for. And we sort of watched them all nicely change. You know, uh, you know, some of them went a little bit deeper. Some of them got, actually got a little bit brighter, like the, the acacia, got a little bit more floral, were a little bit sweeter. Um, but the borage was just, you know, quite quite creamy and and vanillary. But do you get that little bit of banana in it? It's reminds me of like really fresh banana juice or 
So it's kept the creaminess with a little bit of vanilla. So yeah, it's definitely banana. Like it kind of went to the swirl on that. It's got a really nice sort of smoothie kind of mouthfeel. Ah, pretty cool. All right, James. You're gonna be. Thanks for dropping it, mate. I have to I have to show him. That's that's uh, that's that's really come along really well. So yeah. James was the uh, the other side of the meet a month program where we sort of sat there every every month and 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 plan these out and taste through honeys and and yeah yeah I always want to share a new little development of what we've done yeah with, with the team yeah I'm really happy with that I'm really happy with that um, do we have I think it's on the website I don't know this is the website yeah we we do have some of this on the website. Um, I'll do a link to it. But um, yeah, that and the Gospels of London is on the website. Um, the rest will raise kind of inspiration for us all that. The other thing is like, it, it's it's sweet on the palate. It's a little bit creamy, but it finishes with a nice acid profile as well, which we don't yeah. sort of get when we did yeah, the acacia, even though that the uh, the honey's tasting, not the same, but they're similar profiles, you know, especially in the sugar content and, and, and how much actual flavor they have. Um, yeah, the acid profile on this is spot on. Dang, isn't it? Right, let's move on to the big stuff. Oh, I, I can't open up. Sorry? Is this your way of segueing into no, this? Hey, not, hey, everybody, I climbed. We're not, as if you want to go to a, <laughs> for a climb later, just give me a call because I'm a climber. Um, uh, but I mean, seriously, if you do want to I need more friends. Yeah, but like, if you go for a climb, you have to talk about me and yeah, Constantly. and if he comes to the brewery, you have to talk about climbing. <laughs> That's how that works. That's how that works. Do you know uh, how many mead makers climb? Everyone, oh, my everyone God. I to, everyone I seem to bump into it's one of those crossovers. So I, I love going against the brain, Tom. Yeah, fair enough. Sorry, Tom. James, you know what? I have any more. Um, oh, okay, so, so moving on. We're just moving on. Um, so this one is a uh, an experiment that we run, seeing how far we could... We could push um, the uh, the ABV of our meads up to. So we're sort of looking at uh, seeing if we can get it up to about 25% um, and then playing around a little bit with um, uh, playing around a little bit with adding additions and doing like an imperative. Yes, this is, this is my idea. This is one of those things that I come into brewery one day and be like, you know what we're doing? This yeah. is it. So uh, maybe a twenty five percent need so that we can put some bittering agents in it and put some some a uh, couple of other adjuncts. So the, yeah, I, I've been having a summer of Amaro and Bavitz and uh, was like, yes, but we can make you out yeah, of honey. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll make this, and that is cool. This this is a, a cool idea. So it's quite. I mean, I've, I've yeah. So we we ran this uh, up to I think I chose about twenty three percent. We ran with uh, the White Labs WLP zero nine nine, which is. An amazing yeast. Um, it's it not only is it great for when you're pushing up high gravity um, fermentations, but also when you keep it low gravity, it's super tropical and it's just it's it's really really nice to work with. It ferments super quick. Um, it's so when you say it's super tropical, just for for my benefit, so so it's more like passion for yeah, because the yeast produces esters as well as yeah. so it's a classic conversion. Yeah. Uh, so goes alcohol and sorry. Whoa. Sugar into alcohol and CO2 is the base. And then those females and esters, are they part of that chain that they drop out? Or are they just they're byproducts just, of the yeast? Yeah, they're just byproducts of the, of the, the yeast. But I'm not, I'm not a um, microbiologist. Yeah. Microbiologist? Okay. Um, I'll look it up. I'm yeah, interested. Yeah. I've done organic chemistry for a while. Yeah, so they're just alternate compounds that they produce through fermentation, right? So they're not just spitting out pure alcohol. Uh, or just pure uh, ethanol. You know, there's, yeah, there's, there's also a very variety yeah. as well. Um, so that's what we talk about when you say, say some of our yeasts are really clean, i.e. they only they produce mainly ethanol and very little other flavours. Yeah, and yeah. very little off flavours yeah. as well. So like all yeast, we just talked about before, all yeast produce uh, sulphur during fermentation. So there's there's not an alcoholic product in the world that doesn't have at least some kind of sulphite. Yeah, which is naturally occurring. Which is dry peach as well, apparently. Yeah, because I I don't know people like I know in the states you can't if you add sulfites, uh, you you can't call it organic. Yeah, yeah, but in Europe you can. In Europe, if you you can add sulfites and still call it organic, because sulfites sulfur yeah, it's naturally naturally occurring. Was was what the the 
Romans used to use, and they would go from you know, uh, from the side of the what are those uh, volcanoes? With juice. Yeah, okay, I didn't know this. Sorry, I'm not looking at you as if you're wrong. I'm yeah, I'm just trying to piece together because I went into that story with way too much confidence. Yeah, you did. As always. Um, yeah, as always. But yeah, so um, sulfur is naturally occurring. Yeah. And weird that in America they don't allow us to be organic. Is sulfur? Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, this. So what honey is the base of this? So this is orange blossom. Orange blossom. Classic. Love it. Uh, well, actually, is it just poly blossom? You know what? That does not taste like 23 or 24. So there's a little bit of 20. Okay. I went for 20. I saw the sweetness level was a little high. It's a little bit of burny. It's about 20, like 21 to 20, 21, somewhere in between there. Do you think we could get this in a can? 100%. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, now I'm going down that road. Um, so the other side of like, when, you, when you're trying to push these fermentations really, really high, you've got a couple of tricks up your sleeve to be able to sort of make the yeast as happy as possible. So first stage of that is is uh, stage feeding and right. stage nutrient feeding. So you don't give all the yeast, you give the yeast all its sugar at the start or all its um, uh, nutrients at the start. You sort of you know, the aim is to do all your sugar and nutrient addition before you get fifty percent of the way through your whole fermentation. Right. Okay. So you kind of want to make sure that you do all your additions in the first fifty percent, and then later that's the last fifty percent to, to run out. So we did this in I think about four stage feedings. We also did uh, oxygenation, um, so we sort of um, had, it, had it in the barrel, stage feed it, circulate it out into another container and just keep that circulation going around and around and just sort of allow that to introduce oxygen back into it as well and then that yeast will chew through that oxygen as well. So that's why also another reason why you don't want to do it um, uh, after 50% too because you don't want to leave it. That as well. So right. if you leave it at 50%, it'll make sure that that's all chewed through. So we did that, and we pushed it up, and we left it for the last 50%, and it just died out at about 10.40, which I was over uh, overestimating how far it would attenuate. I never never ran yeah, it. Yeah, fair enough. So how do we make a meat that's more than 50% alcohol? This is my next challenge. It up. This is my next challenge. Can we make a crazy strong meat? So, and why do we want to do that? Because we can. Um, because we can. like. So you're obviously referring to the uh, Brewdog freeze distilled beer. Um, because we were watching a video at lunch. Yeah. Um, is freeze distillation really fermentation? We've, uh, well, no, it's freeze distillation. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's so, it, it, is it is it a beer or is it a freeze distilled whiskey? Um, yeah, good question. Yeah. So. Yes. So, sorry, freeze distillation is the process by which you would say freeze the liquid and in the same way that when you distill something, the, uh, the different boiling points, you have different um, solidifying points, is that what you call it? Yeah, I guess so. Um, so essentially ice um, drops out quicker than the rest of the alcohol around. Yeah, so alcohol has a lower freezing point, so that's water. So water, of course, as we know, freezes at zero degrees, but alcohol, I think, is like, okay, I'm not going to answer that. minus something. Yeah. So it's, it's less than zero. Though um, so the distillation of alcohol is at 78. 78.8 or 78 flat? I don't think 78 flat. It'll be some, some 78. 78. I think 78. Wow. Yeah. Well, whatever. Um, Let's get back to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, of course, we could freeze this, distill this and, you know, let's say we take out 50% of the water, um, we'd end up at about 35%. And but the thing is with freeze distillation, as we talked about earlier, was that you're not only just uh, like you will with distillation is quite clean, where you're taking the alcohol out and whatever is um, binded, yeah, yeah. binded itself to those alcohol molecules will come out as well. With freeze distillation, you're actually concentrating the compounds in there by removing the water, and of course, the water things will attach itself to the water, but that's when you're removing, yeah, and that'll be the cleanest compared to what's left over. So something like this, where you produce, uh, let's say, um, SO2, like your free SO2 in this is probably soft oxide, um, like 30, 30 parts per million, right? Let's say that in a general fermentation. But when you start freeze distilling, then that starts to, to grow, you know, it starts to go exponential. Would it be exponential? No, it wouldn't be exponential. It's just a big grow. Yeah, just keep growing. This is, uh, this is growing for me as well. 
But yeah, so you could always push it up as high as you want freeze distillation. Do you want to drink it? Probably not. I think we've done we we have done some freeze distillation on one of our vintages. Ooh, of course, yeah. that was that was good. That was rocket fuel. That I think good. we got that up to about thirty percent before yeah. it started to taste like James still drinks it. Um, but it is it's rocket fuel. It, it it tastes a little bit like smells a little bit like methanol. Um, you're concentrating the high alcohols. You're concentrating the uh, the off uh, off flavors of the yeast as well. Wow. Cool. So, so look forward to that in the new year. Yeah. <laughs> you want if you want to drink something that's terrible but really boozy, let me know and I'll make. I it. mean, there are people out there who enjoy that. Yeah. In moderation, I hope. In moderation. But yeah, this is the honey character on those is huge. The best thing, the other thing about that white labs yeast is that at, at, at the lower ABVs, it's tropical and it sort of moves its way into, into like a red wine yeast after that. So it starts to, to move from those tropical notes into these sort of like deeper sort of, uh, fruity and, and a little bit of high alcohols and, uh, a, a little bit of, um, like, I wouldn't say raisin, but yeah, there is raisin. It's like, for me, yeah, this, it, it tastes like a Pierre sherry, like, like it's really sweet, really raisin, raisiny cherries. Uh, yeah, it, it is. For me, it's delicious. I'm doing Actually, a bit of caramel on the backbone as well. It it would do the job on a cold day, wouldn't it? The thing is, like you're right. It just it does not taste like twenty percent. No, you know, yeah, the same with the Yeah. Well, this is it. Like the fermentation run well. It just just uh, just crapped out. Like uh, I didn't want to re-pitch because then just because of it. So I think it's a market for this as a small bottle after dinner. As as, as if you put one. some, if you were to put some uh, burnt uh, orange peel in there and maybe a little star anise. Oh, so we're talking about two different things. Yes, as an as an aperitif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what I was more thinking of as a small bottle after dinner, sherry. kind of like a like dessert. Port. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, port, 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 port. That's what it kind of reminds that that forgot viscosity as well. Yeah, exactly. It's got that thickness, which is delicious. It's got a little bit of caramel at the end. I remember. Yeah, no, I didn't. <sighs> <sighs> What else do we have to talk about? Our small batch program, which we're still crowdfunding for. <laughs> we're almost there, guys. Almost there. We'll so the people that have signed up, by the way, thank you yeah, so thanks much. So much. Um, not only um, the people, you know, sort of subscribing to what we're doing, they are also sending us emails and and commenting on our on our funder. And the feedback has just been super positive, which is yeah, awesome. Nice. Like, I think that's one of the reasons we wanted to do some more of these sessions is because it's quite easy to just knock about the brewery and forget what we're doing out in the world. Um, and it's just nice to do a bit of communication. Um, yeah. I've been trying to handle social media recently. Hopefully you've been enjoying that. It hasn't been too weird so far. <laughs> yeah, weird. yeah. As long as, as long as everything steps down from you drinking meat in the shower, we're, we're, we're all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought that was, a, was the most engaged post this year. Yeah, it? 100%. I understand it. People really liked it. It just scared me. And that's uh, what are you going to do. What are you up to this evening, Well, um, I think my girlfriend's making dinner. So uh, cool. I think we're having uh, salmon pasta. Salmon pasta. Yeah, she makes it really nice. Fresh salmon. Yeah, fresh salmon with uh, and it does like a like a cream sauce with some spices and yeah. and that over some, some pasta. I um, got in trouble this week. I'm in trouble, but like I'm one of those people that loves tinned fish. Yeah. So I had a jacket potato with pilchard mayonnaise. <laughs> Try if try if you want. Uh, no, as in sardines, big yeah. sardines uh, with mayo and chilies in. And I was like, "This is the best lunch ever." It wasn't allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to take the can after the bit. I don't mind canned fish. Like oh, every now and again, I like going back to like a tuna mornay or something like that. My mum used to make growing up. Which, yeah, it's just green corn and tuna. But well, that's one of the things we were talking about on basically the day. It's like, what is that family dish? That you make that sorry, your family makes that is weird, but you don't realise it's weird. Oh yeah, so probably two more because otherwise, like my dad used to do like culinary cooking, and all my dad's food compared to Australian <laughs> normal food. It's um, got flavour, isn't it? So it was always like yeah, like it's like my favourite days when you come in and like the day before you'd have bean soup, dad would be preparing it. So it'd take like 24 hours to make bean soup and you just open up the door, come home from school and you just whack in the face and you're like, yes, tomorrow's bean soup day. Yeah. And that's all you can think about. That's pretty cool. Ours and our family was what we called chunky chicken, which is this, 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 uh, it's delicious. Yep. That's about tins of chicken in a white wine sauce mixed with tagliatelle, 
with shed loads of cheddar cheese on top, baked in the oven. Classic. And you're like, actually, you know that. I can yeah, I think it's so comforting. Yeah, that, that creamy chicken pasta. There's something about pasta bakes as well, right? Yeah, I I, I love doing them. Again, the the moisture, right? Yeah, I made yeah. one. I made a tuna one not long ago. It's like because I'm not allowed to make tuna morning. Weird. So I just do it as a right. with with breadcrumbs over the top and it's yeah. a different dish. No, that's right. Uh, I am off to one of our stockists, Fountain and Ink, which is our new stockist up in uh, Sapa. So I'm going to the theatre tonight. So I'm going to theatre. That's a weird thing to say, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to pop in there on my way out. Is it the theatre that's doing that has a movable seat so you can get sort of it 50, is it is, it is. It's it's up at the bridge by London Bridge one of the new theatres and I think I can't remember how many to, how many um, seats there are but there's definitely standing room and we've got the standing seat at the side and they've spaced it out yeah yeah um, and I pre- so the, all the food there is done by St John New St John yeah yeah the bake uh, well no the, rest, the restaurant and bake yeah 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 so they're pre- 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 pre-ordered, pre-ordered by Netherlands for half time of course I can't go to the theatre no, without your medals. No, I can't. I can't. Uh, so that'll be good. Um, good to see you guys, Ian. Ian, Ian it's Ian, always a pleasure to see pleasure. you. Ian, do you want to come down and talk to us about Man, Bees Live? Yeah, 100%. I'd love love you to come Can you bring some that. bees with you? Just a pocket full. We don't need many. <laughs> um, anyway, guys, that's probably enough from us. Um, thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, and we'll catch you next week. If you've got any questions, send us an email. Comment on this, whatever you want. Get in touch. We love the communication. Yeah. If you got anything you want us to 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 have a taste of as well, um, if you got anything that you want Mr. us to talk about, me related, not yeah, yeah, cool. Not we're, we're, yeah, we're putting effort down. Now. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. No more, <laughs> no, 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 yeah. <laughs> no more weird packages in there, and you have to blindfold me out of it. Um, yeah, so we'll be doing this sort of each week. We'll be running through different things, especially uh, next week we're doing some homebrew stuff. We'll be bringing some of the things that I've made at home, some of the things that James has made at home. Um, and then, yeah, we'll start getting some guests probably after that as well. Yeah, I've got to book some guests. Guys, if you want to be on the podcast, hit me up. Preferably if you know something about booze or honey or bees. Not necessarily. Well, we can stretch it. Yeah, we can stretch it. it. Um, yeah, Kim Kardashian, if you're watching. Um, please, please don't no, contact me. Um, cool, guys. Uh, cool. Thank you very much, and uh, have a good weekend. I'm going to have another bit of this 20%. Right. Thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. So, hit the subscribe and like button and follow us on all our social media. And we'll see you again next week. If you've got any questions or thoughts or just want to chat about mead and honey, then drop us an email to podcast at gosnells.co.uk. Or better still, jump on our Instagram live at fives. Ask us uh, any questions that you have and watch us scramble to try to find the answer and uh, look like we know what we're talking about. Or if you want to see what I look like, you can head on over to the website at www.gosnels.co.uk. 